Hello and welcome to Lit Off the Pages, where we drink wine and discuss books. I'm Whitney. And I'm Kara. It's Thirsty Thursday and this is episode number two. Today we're going to be talking about The Perfect Sun by Frida McFadden. While we sip on Moscato Diasi by Rosada, this wine is sweet with flavors including juicy stone fruit, tart citrus, and floral honey, and it has an alcohol content of 5.5%. And it's not as strong as the last one, but it is delicious. Super good. It's nice and crisp. It's yeah. refreshing. It is. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, we picked out this bottle because it's blue, like the cover of The Perfect Sun. Yes. Yep. It's very loosely related. Yeah, it's very loosely related. We tried. <laughs> we, we had to reach for that one. <laughs> yep, we did. We were reaching, but it's that's the one we chose. Your so. son doesn't love you. He's not capable of it. Sad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, the Perfect Sun is a psychological thriller. It takes place in a quiet suburban neighborhood where a high school girl goes missing. The police suspect murder. The main character, Erica, she has a teenage son, Liam, who was the last person to see the girl alive. Um, the dun dun dun. Yeah, Erica <laughs> wants to believe that Liam is innocent, but as evidence continues to pile up against him, she can't deny. That he may have done something terrible. It's kind of scary to think that your son is, like, capable of doing something... Terrifying. Yeah. To think that your child could have done something really bad like Really that. bad. Like, like... Like murder. Yeah, like murder. Mm-hmm. Or, or You know, people always joke about how um, they would let their kids get away with murder or something, you know, how because they're, like, so spoiled and stuff. Yeah. But, like, would you really let your kid get away with murder, though? I might. We'll talk about that later. Anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the main character is Liam. Um, well, the main character is really his mom, Erica. But Erica Cass. Yeah, Erica Cass. And she is a very helicopter mom. She very. loves both of her kids, but she loves Liam a little bit more. She says flat out in the beginning of the book that he's her favorite child. You're not supposed to have a favorite child, but he's her favorite. Yeah, well, Hannah's is pretty uh she's a typical teenage girl she's kind of a jerk (laughs) she's kind of a jerk but she's a typical teenage girl teenage girls are jerks Mm -hmm. (laughs) i Uh, was one i know (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) um but liam he does have this like kind of vibe about him like he's He's very charming and charismatic and he had a way of making adults love him that's that charisma and that charm like Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the dad, Jason, he was very punny. I love his dad jokes throughout <laughs> the book. I'm a sucker for a good dad you joke. Are. It's and very annoying. <laughs> those were like the comedic relief for me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> very um, important to the story. And then the kidnapped vi- victim, the kidnapped <laughs> Olivia Mercer. <laughs> I yeah. love saying that. Kidnapped. And then there's the other Olivia. Well, she was on the debate team with them. The other Olivia, yeah. So, Erica, she was, like I said, she was a helicopter mom. She would have a private investigator scare kids aw- or girls like away. Girls, yeah. Girls away from Liam because she was always afraid that he would do something to him. Yes, because of an incident that happened when he was in kindergarten. And then one in second grade, too, right? And then one in, yeah. Yeah. 
the one when he was in kindergarten was where he duct taped the girl and closed her in the closet and locked the door. It's a little worrisome. That's, yeah, that's terrifying for a five-year-old to do that. Yeah. That's a little insane. And getting expelled from kin- kindergarten. Having yeah. to go to a new school. Yeah, in kindergarten. Not a good sign. No, probably not. Not at all. No. And then in second grade, he told his teacher that he couldn't wait to have a wife so he could put her deep in a hole. And see what it would be like to watch her starve. <laughs> Fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, super creepy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the tropes in this book include uh, family drama. It's set in modern times. There's a whole coming-of-age story. Plenty of red herrings and a twist ending, I which know. I did not see coming yeah. a mile away. No, yeah, I didn't this see that. This one got me. You know, this one got me. with Frida McFadden, she has a really good way of... Um, of surprising you. I've figured that out from the yeah. few books of hers that I've read. She is very good at that surprise moment at the very end. Yeah. You're, she's got you thinking the whole time it's one person. And then at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. This is actually the culprit. And I think there was yeah. one book where it was actually the main character that was a bad guy. So now every time I read her books, I'm thinking, is, is you're the suspicious main of the main, the, the yeah. main character? Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely wasn't Erica Cass. It was. The husband. It was the husband. And he was a creepo. Um, yeah. So this, I like this one. It was very fast paced. Um, and it kept me kind of wanting more. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Yeah. This one was good. Um, it was a tad bit of a slow start for me. Just a little. But as the information kept building and you kept learning more about the situation, I got more into it. And by, like, the halfway point, I think I was hooked and I needed to figure out what happened to the girl and who was actually responsible for it. I think a lot of authors, they give you a bunch of little tiny details that mean something where Mm -hmm. Frida McFadden will just throw a bunch of random stuff at you. And you have no idea how it fits together. Yeah. You can guess And it might not. And it might not. Yeah, Yeah. like, like her dad. Like, her thinking, oh, my dad was a murderer. But it was completely irrelevant. Yeah, it had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with anything. And and, and she just threw us completely off. Yeah. That's all those little red herrings. I love those. Because they, I feel like they just add so much more depth to the story. And they help keep you guessing through the whole story. So you have no idea what the outcome is actually going to be. And I feel like that's really cool because... Nobody wants to be able to guess it right away. No. Then it's not enjoyable. I, but all all of us do it. They, we all oh, yeah. throughout the book. It's Definitely. Like, oh, it's this person. It's this person. Yeah. And it's not. Now, yeah. With, with Frida, you're lucky if you guess it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And links to all of our older, other social medias can be found at litoffthepages.com. So this book had something that me and you both usually don't enjoy, which was multiple point of views. The multiple point of view thing for me is always kind of hit or miss. If it's done really well, it can really add a lot of depth to the story and it can just make it that much better because you get multiple sides of the story. So you're seeing the full story from multiple different angles, which is great. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's just not done very well and it's too much going on and it's hard to keep track of. And especially if it's like flipping back and forth between like past and present, sometimes it can just get a little tricky and confusing. I agree. But I feel like if it's all like 
like the way Frida McFenn did it in The Perfect Sun was done very well because it was all set in the same time and it's all around the same event that happened, but you're getting multiple points of view from different characters that are related to the situation and you're getting their thoughts and opinions on like what's going on. And I feel like it just made the story that much better. And I feel like it also showed, um, like, especially with the police interviews. Yes, I felt like that was a really cool aspect because you were hearing their side of the situation as well. Well, and it also just shows how people give you information that has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody was condemning Liam to, to being this bad guy. And they were so sure he was this bad just guy. Just because of his past. And yeah. comments that he had made and things that he had done when he was and a child. the kids even. Yeah. Yeah. Like spreading rumors like kids do. Like kids do yeah, yeah especially teenagers so yeah That's especially teenagers literally what they do because they have nothing better to do <laughs> so yeah uh i i love that i love that in a true crime um to get that police aspect of uh an yeah, that, investigation. that part was really cool mm-hmm. and i feel like it added a lot of um just extra to the story it just pushed it you know that much further to make it that much better how surprised were you by who, who i was, was completely actual- mind blown <laughs> At the end, when they're at the cabin in the woods and stuff, and he, you know, Liam had saved Olivia, um, him and Hannah had saved her, and then when he stabbed Jason, his dad, when he showed up, and they found out that it was actually him that had kidnapped this girl, and that he had kidnapped how many, of however many, 14 other girls was it, or yeah. something like that? That was insane. Mm-hmm. I did not guess that the entire time. No. I, I was dead set convinced that it was Liam. He was like through and through a sociopath or a psychopath. Absolutely. Like 100%. Absolutely. And I love that we got his point of view at the very end to kind of um, reiterate that he was the killer. Complete sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's crazy because the way that Frieda McFadden built him up throughout the story, he was like the perfect dad. Yeah. Telling dad jokes and all mm-hmm. throughout the entire story. So he was like literally the last person you would expect. And he seemed but kind th- of... that's why it makes sense that it was him in the end anyways, because yeah. he's, like, literally a true sociopath. No, he was. And, and he seemed supportive, and, like, he was trying to take care of his wife. Like, oh, take care of Xanax, mm-hmm. go to sleep, get some rest, get some rest. But he was giving her that yeah. other stuff. He was <laughs> sneaky, bro. He was real sneaky. Um, And, yeah, I think she suspected him of cheating one time. She did? Yeah. yeah. But he was really just going out and... Well, they don't really say what he was out doing, well, aside from killing. He was killing Killing. He was killing girls. We don't know what else he was doing. <laughs> I don't know what else mm-hmm. he was doing, but he was definitely killing yeah, some girls. Yeah, he was killing some girls. <laughs> so, yeah, he got his in the end. And and then when Liam explained that he wasn't 100% like his dad, but he was kind of like his dad. Yes, and Erica was, like, shocked because Liam was the one that stabbed Jason and he didn't hesitate he didn't hesitate but also he knew exactly where to stab him to kill, to kill him, him. Mm-hmm. and she noticed that and she's like wait a minute something's not right about i think this, he even but smiled when he did it he did yeah yeah he had absolutely no remorse no regret no negative feelings about killing his dad <laughs> that's total sociopath behavior also mm-hmm. and then at the very end that radio um announcement of after the he goes off to college missing. yeah mm-hmm. and was it albany new york yeah albany new york or that debate thing that he was at yeah he was at a debate 
thing. Like an all-state thing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, competition. Or yeah. Something. Is that what you call a debate? I yeah. guess a competition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. I never did debate. Um, You're like, I, I was but, a nerd, but not that nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was at the debate competition and on the radio, Erica had heard that a girl had come up missing. It was like 10 minutes away. It was like away. 10 minutes from yeah. where he was at. And so then she's thinking, oh, God, did he do this? Well, he did because he came in all happy and singing. and He absolutely did it. Mm-hmm. But he's a grown man at that point. You can't do nothing, Mama. Sorry. How far would you go for your child? I feel like it's hard to say unless you're in that kind of situation. I want to say that I would not protect my kid if they seriously committed murder. But that's your kid. Mm-hmm. So... I had time to think about this because I've read quite a few of these books. I don't think I could be okay with my kid being a serial killer. If it was... Okay, so that's what I'm saying. It depends on the situation. Because if it was something that was done accidentally, like in a form of self-defense or something, like you got attacked well, first... Why wouldn't you call the police? Or you're literally fighting for your life. I mean, yeah, okay. Would you help him cover it up or would you call the police? I would probably call the police, but I would make sure they had a hell of a good lawyer to fight for that self-defense. But, I don't know. Get the trash bags and the bleach. (laughs) And the shovel. (laughs) See, you know, you ain't calling the police. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget the rope either. (laughs) But, no, yeah, I mean. I don't know, like I said, I feel like it's tough to say, unless you're really in that situation, how far you would really, truly go to protect your child. Because you want to sit there and say all day that, yes, you would do everything possible to make sure that your child was not in a really bad place. Yeah. But at the same time, if they're doing something that is just really completely wrong and horrible, you got to suffer the consequences of your own actions. But would you call the police or would you wait for them to get caught? Like, would you know? I don't think I would go out of my way. To call the but police. Like, Stay away from me with your killing ass. No, yeah. <laughs> no, literally. I might sleep with one eye open. <laughs> I might even get you a hotel room for the time being. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think that I would like go out of my way, but at the same time I don't feel like I would like go out of my way to cover it up either. Yeah. I would just kind of be Switzerland, be neutral. <laughs> I don't know. I might help cover it up. If it ain't like if it ain't like serial killing, it's yeah, like, if it's serial killing, that's like way I'd call too far. The police, what are you talking about? I'm, a, I'm an outstanding citizen. <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. This show really wouldn't be possible without you guys. Um, if you are a fan of the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And links to all of our other socials can be found at lidoffthepages.com. Thanks, Kara. And thank you to everybody that's listening at home. Until next episode, read between the wines. And our next episode is about... Episode three. It starts with us and it ends with us by Colleen Hoover. But the... It's actually... It ends with us and then it It ends with us and then it starts with us. us. I always forget that. Mm -hmm. That's right. By by Colleen Hoover. So check it out. And thank you again for listening. Mm -hmm.